is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. This is Off the Rails Friday on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Kiprios, JB, Derek Brandeo, Sammy McKee, and Dave Sisboomba. Ready to go in the next two hours. Going to take some texts, some YouTube questions. When, Sammy? Whenever you want, Kippy. Oh, I also David. have a massive fake trade proposal for oh, you guys. Oh, my God. Which people loved our last no, fake they trade. Hated it. Oh, fake, my God. Fake trade Friday. No. You, you created it, people, with your interest. My, fake my... trade Friday. I like the sounds of that. My, uh, We're going to wait for that one. My yeah. mentions have not recovered from that. Oh, you still get the well, odd, like, listen, in drifter re- in, in there. In retrospect, I did make a trade for Timo Martin without including a first-round pick in it. So <laughs> maybe I deserved it. <laughs> Oh, very leafy. Yeah, but I will nice is the first round. He's a value. He's more valuable than the first round. Well, the next two hours, we've got uh, Mike Russo covers the Minnesota Wild. They, of course, are in town to play the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. You can hear the game right here on Sportsnet 590. The fan pre and post with Gord Stellick, Brent Gunning, Mike Russo in about 20 minutes. Doug McLean. Is a regularly uh, scheduled hit at 345 Eastern. Yeah. I have no idea what he's going to say on the Boston Bruins and what happened last night. And what does that mean for Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs? The real admiral host of Spit and Chicklets podcast on Barstool Sports will join us in the second hour. Of course, he's from Boston. Proper Boston. Oh, yeah. We've, we've, you can't make a trade like they did last night and not have someone with a Boston accent <laughs> I love on the it. show. I love it. I love Boy, it. guys, that made Boston better, huh? That's not awesome. I've got some thoughts. Sammy, got did, some thoughts. Did you cry when you heard that trade? Because all I heard in the last little while is Orlov and Hathaway to the Leaf out of you. I, Okay. <laughs> I don't know where I want to start with this because I've been thinking about this a lot since I saw that trade announcement. And I thought, I don't know if I want to, I'll, I'm going to say it, that if the Toronto Maple Leafs made that trade instead of the trade they made, they might be closer to a Stanley Cup than they are today. Well, yeah, I don't agree, but I, I understand. Yeah. I understand that perspective. I would have preferred a first, a second, a third, and a fourth for Orlov over Ryan O'Reilly. I think that's crazy talk. This to me is the, we should have got Felino over Hall for some people, or Taylor Hall for some people, but I think the drop-off. And I like Ryan O'Reilly. I know. After the Leafs' top four forwards was so significant, top five forwards, so significant that Ryan O'Reilly is just a massive gain. Orlov is a great player. I like Orlov too. I don't know how much better he would have made them. I mean, he'd have made them better, no doubt. This is not taken away from Orlov, but Ryan O'Reilly just made such a difference for the Leafs immediately. And I like Achari more than I. I believe that you win championships and seven-game series off the basis of your own zone. Goalie, defense first. Go cheer for the Bruins then, bud. (laughs) You two guys are unbelievable. Listen, I think the best player in either trade is Ryan O'Reilly. So, I, in, I imagine having a different opinion than that. I think that 
what that trade did was made me feel better about the Leafs' price because the Leafs got probably the best player in both trades. So I know that's kind of countered to what I'm thinking, but in terms, of what, a greater need. in terms of what the Leafs need, a top pairing or second pairing defenseman and a really gritty, big, underrated forward who hits and fights and can score a little bit, that to me did you was like, more important. Did you like Craig Smith? No, I don't, I don't really have a lot of Craig Smith thoughts. That's to just be three million off. Yeah, the books. I don't, I don't really know. A, so I'm just a cash I'm, component. He's, he's a non-player for the Bruins this year, Craig Smith. I'm not killing Dubis for not making this trade. I still think the Leafs made a great trade and they got two really good players who are going to help them. But I just, I think Orlov is just such an important piece that the Leafs could have really used, really used. I mean, he he would be perfect. Like, he, the other thing is, is like. How many minutes are you going to squeeze out with the likes of Matthews and all the rest of them? Orlov or a top four defenseman. Mm -hmm. There's a chance that they're going to average five, six, seven more minutes a night. Like, do you ever envision Ryan O'Reilly playing over 20 minutes for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I mean, I I, I don't know. Marner. Austin Matthews, Nylander. He PKs and power play guy. I mean, I could see him like getting You're, you're going to max out 17, 18 minutes with him. Yeah. But a defenseman at, at 24, 25, 26 minutes, a shutdown guy like Orlov. Guy, I mean, he's not going to play 25, 26, 27 minutes. On some nights, he may. Uh, you don't know the circumstances. Uh, yeah. You know, if somebody goes down, these guys have the ability to go deep in those those type of minutes. Mm-hmm. I just, again, if if I had my choice, if I was Kyle Dubas prior to the O'Reilly, I think I would have tried to focus on a first, second, third, and fourth on a top yeah. defenseman. You know, we've also had the conversation on the show, By though, the where way, you've I said... I just getting murdered on YouTube. Yeah. So Kipper and Sammy. Oh, <laughs> but Sammy you, you've is also said gone. on this show... How much you've hated the Leafs' dependence on the top four. Every day this year, it's like they top can't four forwards. forwards. Can't yes. just be these guys. Can't just yeah. lean on this. Can't put it all in them. Yeah. Poor Mitch Marner played 26 minutes the other yeah. night. Yeah, I would have liked the balance out on the back end. That's all. Yeah. Right? And and Morgan still hasn't gone to the level that he that's needs big here to. Too. Yeah. Right? And that's the other thing, too. If Morgan was acting like... Josh Morrissey all season long. Yeah, that's different. You'd feel a little better. No kidding. I wonder then if they look at the Orlov trade and they do what we're talking about here and putting yourselves in their shoes and saying, okay, if we did that, how do we look? Do they suddenly go, God, it really changes our team. If we go get a left shot guy who's elite, we suddenly, we, we got to do it. Like, does this incentivize them? Yes. The arms race in the Easter. You mentioned it, it in your article, it, right? It, 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 for me, it was there already. Yeah. This absolutely puts the whipped cream and cherry on top that you have to go now and uh, double clutch on maybe uh, Gavrikov out of uh, Columbus. Really? Yeah. Because there was there was the sense that there was a a uh, an arrangement or a pending deal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, and we'll get maybe Mike Russo, who's got a keen eye for this time of year, to maybe he's got something on that. But there was a real sense that Columbus and, and Boston had something there. Really? And at the last second, 
this probably came up for Boston, so they changed course. Well, it came up because Washington came up. Washington lost against Detroit. And I think that was the game that the Capitals said, Forget it. if we don't beat Detroit, I'm we're 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 we're, uh, we're going to sell a few pieces here. It's crazy right now. Like you look at the standings on any given night, and over the next week, there are teams in that Eastern Conference race where if they lose, they might decide to go one way, and if they win, they may go the other. And that's what happened to the Capitals. I I don't think it's fair in terms of comparing Orlov and Gavrikov, who's who's a better. Player, I, I think it's pretty clear that Orlov's a yes. lot better. Yeah. Orlov lot can do more. Player than Presumably, Gavrikov the is. cost would be more in line with what the Leafs could stomach, even though it would still be a lot so for Gavrikov. Did Gavrikov's uh, did did the ask on Columbus now come down to l- losing the Boston? Is there a wiggle room for maybe the Leafs to get in there and not maybe pay as high of a of a price that they mm-hmm. were asking? two days ago or is there too many teams out there that still need uh a left-handed top four guy probably still a lot of teams wouldn't you think edmonton you know though you had you brought this up with a couple guys and you said that you know in the chikrin deal would they get vigmelka if they did gavrikov would they also get corpusalo i've really come around in this goaltending thing where like you got to get someone and corpusalo to me is a great next option for you so Gavrikov has a lot more appeal in like a bigger deal, and now you're talking about bigger pieces. You know my wish list. What's what's Corpus Alamic? One point three? No, what's yours? Oh, if if somehow some way they could spin uh, uh, Ekholm and Saros. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. That one would change. Yeah. Every, now you see Saros going up against Vasilevsky. Oh. And you, you'd have mark. to do an NBA trade where you're like, all right, my first next year, the next year, yeah. the next year or prospect. We, I was saying a draft class for O'Reilly would be multiple draft class for that trade, plus Andrew, uh, Matthew Nyes. I always want to say, never mind. Uh, it's something else for a different day. I always say <laughs> Andrew Nyes, the guy who used to work. Yeah, used that's to be, all-time yeah. blockbuster right there. He, do you imagine? But can you imagine that and then losing? <laughs> that would, you'd have to, you'd have to you'd, really... You have to move. You do it to be persona non grata in Toronto yeah. if they made all those I don't moves. Know. It's again, it's this stupid salary cap that uh, yeah, got to go through hoops. I think. But if, like I said, though, if there's one thing for me that this trade did with the Bruins is that it made me feel so much better about the O'Reilly price and think that like now that I can kind of convince myself that this is the going rate at the deadline, like. Those are two high prices that got paid. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is the going rate. Those no, are two, no question. And either you're in or out. That's and, the way it works. So I'm. I am definitely coming around. And I would actually say it goes far as to say I am around on O'Reilly. Yeah. And I don't want it to be perceived as like I'm, you know, Mister Negative. But I just like that trade a lot for the Bruins. Well, yeah. I, I put a higher premium on the blue line than I yeah. would for the Leafs adding a, a a a fifth very good player. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. A fifth. Yeah. Not, 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 he, it's not like he's going to come in now and be number two on the depth chart. It's still Matthews. It's still Marner. And now Nylander's put himself in there. Mm-hmm. And and he's a nice fill-in off those four guys. Oh, yeah. But a top 4D would have slid in at number two on your depth chart. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly, at, 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 that cost you a first, a second, a third, and fourth – is still considered your fourth or fifth best depth guy on the hockey club. Yeah. Yeah, I get the point. I got you. I understand. 
you know, they 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 still they're top heavy. They are top heavy. They are, you know, the top becomes a pretty deep top, though. Eventually, it's pretty stable once thick all the way through. But, you know, I, I still am curious to see what happens here. I've said it. I wrote it that they're going to add a D-man. I don't think this is we got Ryan O'Reilly instead of a D-man. I think it's we got Ryan O'Reilly instead of a top D-man. You know, I think they may have to go to Gavrikov. Or someone of that. That, that, that to me is a, a significant upgrade. Well, he's playing 22 minutes a night. I shouldn't slough him off as right? nobody. Yeah. That to me is significant. That's not a, a drop off. Does That's, it bother you that he's playing tier, on a bad team? It's a lower tier Orlov. Yeah. Now, Orlov is actually, I mean, he's very good. <laughs> I wonder what he's going to cost. Obviously, the Bruins are just planning on letting him walk, I would assume. But, yeah, I mean, does it bother you that Gavrikov would be coming from a bad team or Chikrin would be coming from a bad team? Like, Orlov's been playing games where they've been trying to win and he's playing 22 minutes a night. Orlov's won a cup. Yeah. So, so does he's... it make you feel like can they make the adjustment going to games that matter? Yeah. And, yeah. I'm okay. As long as they're healthy and yeah. they they feel good. Still think that there may be a sense that Chikrin doesn't go anywhere. Really? Which would probably... Uh, Break his heart, but that, wouldn't it piss you off if you've been sitting out for trade related reasons for what yeah. two weeks? How does that and then happen? You don't go. How does that happen that he's like pulled out and then now two weeks later he's still not? Yeah, it seems bizarre to me. I don't know if they had something there that fell through or what. And there and Columbus is trying to get him. So imagine now that you do get traded this year and you're still out of the playoffs. I'm Eric Lindros or whoever you want to use. I'm not going. They're you trade me somewhere else. <laughs> I'm not going to the worst team in the league in another irrelevant market. No no disrespect, but some I don't. I, I don't know. Does he have any say at all at 4-6? Would he put Columbus on a no trade? I don't know. Can we go to Cap Friendly and find that out, Sammy? Uh, find out what? Chikrin. Yeah, what about him? If he has no uh, trade protection. Yeah, yeah, sure. Any protection at all? Yeah, I'll look it up right now. So, speaking of injured guys and coming back, did we mention injured guys? I thought we did. Anyway, speaking of uh, Matt Murray, we uh, yesterday we kind of put Luke Fox on blast about uh, not asking about Matt Murray. Wow, we, we got the update today. But Lucas made a good point, which that he Murray wasn't eligible to come off LTIR till March 1st. Yeah. So, he's not. We, 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 we weren't asking... Oh, yeah, I guess we did insinuate, yeah, uh, that he could play this weekend, which yeah. he can't. Right. We did insinuate Yeah, that. we did. <laughs> and, and, okay. uh, and Luke, so, uh, I woke up to a text from Luke Fox, and I was like, oh, oh what's this about? <laughs> what did you do? So we'll, uh, we've officially uh, apologized to the yes. Winnipeg Jets. Oh, and for, Luke Fox? And Luke Fox. All right. So the no-move clause doesn't kick in until next year for Jacob Chikrin. All right. The last two years of his deal. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Which is why the moving is happening now. Well, Columbus um, wants to get him now, though. Yeah, so they probably right? could. Because they, they won't – maybe they don't get the opportunity in the summer. I'm not going. Um, do you want to hear the Murray update? Yes, do we, we do. Yeah, we do. L- l- here's what's up with uh, Matt Murray from Sheldon Keefe earlier. Yeah, for sure. I think we will see him continue to progress. I think you'll see him in practice tomorrow uh, with us. And uh, the, the expectation is that he'll join us on the road trip coming up. All right. He's ready to go. Can he play in two games enough to make you feel comfortable? I don't think there's anything that's going to make anybody feel comfortable from this point in. Two bagels. He goes shut out, shut out. And he's probably not going to play back to back games. So. I don't think it's whether he's capable of of hitting a, a a good level or a high level. 
He's done it in the past. He's won Stanley Cups. He's done it with the Leafs. But can you count on him is the only question. Yeah. And knowing the answer to that, because the answer is no, if you look to his recent history, is it David Riddich for a third again at the deadline? Someone else. I mean, it just, it can't be Matt Murray. He can't, he has a high ankle sprain. He's a goalie. The playoffs start in six weeks. Yeah. You almost have to play him in Edmonton Wednesday just to get a final feel. You do. You have to get him in. And not it can't even be Calgary. It's got to be Edmonton. Why is that? Just because they're better offensively and just really challenge one. them? Uh, you're facing Tampa and the Boston Bruins, two yeah. of the best teams in the league. Like, put them up against two of the best players in the world. I that's think- a good That's a good test. I Sorry, just- but throwing you in the <laughs> deep end here. Well, I mean, if... He's supposed to be your quote unquote your highest paid goalie. He's supposed to be quote unquote. They wanted him to be the starter going into the year. Right. You'd better hope that after however the hell long he's been off injured, that he's ready to come back and play against a good team. Like, yeah, but do you want him to start against, against Nolan Ryan for his first yes, pitcher that he's I sees? do. I do. Like you can't protect him. They protect this guy so much in terms of you know the how long he takes to come back and how much they you know work with them and make sure he's feeling right. I know. That's how I feel talk, about Sandine right now. And talking him up, okay? Let's go. Talking him up and it's like yes. Guess what? There are many good hockey players in the National Hockey League. You're having to be playing your first game against the best one. Yeah. Them's the breaks, buddy. Get in there. Let's see what you got. The Oilers are the top team in the NHL by expected goals, best power play. It would be a it would be a tough one for sure. We want to get to Sheldon Keefe talking about uh, lines being settled. Or I wanted to ask is it you guys, kind of like the same thing he said uh, last day well, or so. It's kind of similar, to be honest with you, boys. I uh, <laughs> I grinded through there. there today. There's not one thing that we can pick off of that. Yeah, there is. Well, I wanted to ask you about Sandine first. Okay. Uh, my friend Brent Gunning texted me this morning and asked me, "Is this a um, held out for trade-related reasons?" Without saying it. Fascinating. I thought it was a good question, and I wanted to pose it to you guys. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, too. As a conspiracy, you know, as someone. But I don't hate the idea that, you know, he's not quite right. Let's make sure he's right in case we do decide to trade him. You don't want to trade damaged goods or risk re-injury or something before you make a deal. Okay, there you go. I don't want to be disrespectful to him, but when you pull people out of the lineup... They're a lot better than Sandine. Yeah, I guess Gavrikov is. I know he is, I should say. Yeah. Right? Gavrikov has to be the I lowest think, quality player I, you've ever I, I heard. Think, no disrespect to like, him. But we're talk, like him. We are talking about guys that sit out that like can, can implode a trade. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a guy that's added on. Yeah. We're, added, we're talking about a guy that... Three quarters of the, the the league could go. Eh, what am I? What are you giving me with Sandine? Mm-hmm. Are you giving me a guy that's potentially a top four guy? Or is he a, a five or six? It's like when you go. Is he, is he a offense defense? Yeah. <laughs> is, is he physical? You're, I don't know. 
last spring, my wife and I were buying stuff for the garden, and one of the things they sold was a pack of seeds. They didn't tell you what kind. It was just it was vegetables, flowers, <laughs> and, whatever. <laughs> Put it in the ground and see what happens. That's what Sandine is to me. Like, they throw them in the ground. I don't you know, know. You might get something. Maybe it'll suck. Maybe he, it'll be good. He's, he's not the centerpiece <laughs> of a trade. No. Why would you sit him out? I like the idea that, yeah, like Gavrikov is going to fetch them up first. And first. A, you know, whatever. So, yeah, you sit him out and make sure you get it. Sandine is going to be, well, will you please take him instead of Lilligren? That will be his Could you, addition. like, are you, you want to protect a fourth-round pick? <laughs> no, he'd be more than that, wouldn't he? Dermot went for a third, didn't he, to he Vancouver? He went for a third? I, I would put him then in that same class. Yeah. It's fun. It's tough to even say that just because, like, expectations and hopes for Sandine have been... Maybe he'll take over Riley's spot in the power play, and all of a sudden he's a forty-point yeah. D-man, and it just hasn't hasn't come. No, and it doesn't for everyone. No. All right, we we'll wait for uh, Michael Russo. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly has played fifty-three games against the Minnesota Wild in his career, and he scored sixteen goals, seventeen assists, the most against any team in the NHL for him. So, all right. so he's had the Wild's number. So we expect another night, like in Buffalo, for him and Mitch Marner and Tavares. I don't think we're seeing that night again as as a Leaf. That was All a big right. night. Let's I welcome did. in Michael Russo from uh, The Athletic. He covers the Minnesota Wild. And uh, where do you want to start, uh, Michael? You, you want to talk Dumba? You want to talk about general manager Bill Guerin coming on our show, knowing that he uh, was part of a, a three-team trade yesterday and didn't spill the beans on our show. <laughs> what time was he on your show yesterday? Yeah, four fifteen till four thirty, maybe. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely in the works because they okay, first got the word around two fifteen. Yeah, so Hustler. he's got a good poker face, I guess. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, look, uh, uh, we've been writing about this for about three weeks that the Wild have, have built all this cap uh, space, which is again kind of ironic because they're a team with all this dead money, but they've, they've, from, for many, many reasons, they've, they've accrued a lot of space this year. And, and, you know, if, if they're not going to use it, uh, which doesn't mean that they're still not going to try to add something, uh, you know, you might as well go get a, get some assets. So um, in the case of Ryan O'Reilly, the one thing that they did do there was sure that one St. Louis started selling, but also got Ryan O'Reilly out of the conference just in case, some of the teams that they were competing with for a playoff spot or could meet in the playoffs um, would get, you know, O'Reilly, and they were a little worried about that. So it got them out of the conference, but it also got them, uh, you know, future draft picks for very, very minimal cash. I mean, it's 74 grand. And in the case of yesterday with uh, Dimitri Olaf, I mean, it was the same thing. I mean, 86 grand, it's, it's you know, that's <laughs> dropping the bucket for an owner, and, and it gets them a draft pick. And, and, um, you know, in their mind, it, it was absolutely worth it. So we'll see. I mean, they still have $11 million to play with if they want to go out and actually add at the deadline. And I think that's the one big reason that they're doing it. But so crazy is that they have all that cap space. I'm looking where they are in their standings. They're, th- you know, three points out of first in the Central Division. They have a really tight salary cap in the years ahead with the buyouts. Like this, to me, is like go, go, go time for them if they want to get through a softer Western Conference why does it not feel like they're in overdrive to get the big names right now? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I, you know, I think that right now, if he could get Patrick Kane, he would absolutely do it. He would pay the price for it, you know. But Kane is going to give, um, by all reports, uh, you know, Chicago a list of about one, and if that one is not the Rangers uh, and the Rangers can't make it work, you know, would he go to another team potentially? 
But if you're going to go to another team and you're Patrick Kane, are you going to choose Minnesota over, you know, other options like potentially Dallas, Edmonton, Vegas? Um, but if trust me, I think that if he could get Patrick Kane, that would probably be the one guy he would make an exception for. Um, I do think that they've investigated Tyler Bertuzzi, but as, you know, again, reports are right now that Bertuzzi is sort of off the market. Um, would he pay the price there? But in terms of other guys, I mean, there's just not a lot of other guys that I think that he'd be willing to sacrifice a first-round pick, his top prospect for. Now, would he still go out and, and get a rental and give up maybe a second or a middle prospect or a, a third or something like that? I think he absolutely would. But but right now, it just hasn't been, uh, you know, something that, that has been, um, you know, I, I think what he wanted to do is have the team speak to, to him and, and say how they were going to, you know, do here on this last homestand. And originally it got off to a disastrous start. They seem to have gotten um, out of what were their woes. And as you mentioned, now that suddenly they're back into a position where a couple more wins and they could be on the top of the division. Now Colorado has got a bunch of games in hand and, and, and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I don't disagree with you that, you know, there comes a point where it's like at, at some point you got to go for it. But um, right now the names that he would be willing to sacrifice his top, top, top prospects or a first-round pick for, I, I don't think that he has the ability to get anyway. But, um, you know, if Patrick Kane, you know, all of a sudden said, hey, I'd come to Minnesota, I bet you there would be a way that Billy Garen would figure out how to get it going. We're talking to Michael Russo, covers the Minnesota Wild for The Athletic. Uh, yesterday on our show, general manager Bill Guerin said that uh, he likes Matt Dumba's game. We have not really heard his name out there. Should we take him at face value that uh, he will not strip this team down in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he would trade Matt Dumba only if he got a suitable replacement for Matt Dumba. And right now, I don't think that he thinks that that could happen. Um, look, Matt is, uh, you know, one, they, they, uh, there has not been for the times, not only Ch- uh, uh, Bill Guerin, but in the past, Paul Fenton for that Chuck Fletcher that they've tried to trade Matt Dumba. There just hasn't been a ton of interest out there. And that apparently has been the case again. That's all indications that we're getting going is that, you know, there's a lot of defensemen out there and Matt's not number one or two or three or four on, on other people's lists. The other thing here right now is that Matt is, you know, he's, he's played the most five on five minutes on the team. He's probably playing his best hockey of the season. Um, They've got Jonas Brodin out of the lineup right now with a foot injury. Um, so I don't think that he feels like, you know, one, even if there's a little interest in Matt Dumba out there, that what he could get from Matt Dumba would at all be worth uh, discarding him if he can't get somebody of equal or, or better back in either that trade or a simultaneous trade. So I fully expect Matt Dumba to be here um, after March 3rd. I don't think Matt Dumba is going to be here after July 1st. Um, but it just sounds to me like he's just going to kind of look at him as, quote, their own rental at this point. Um, you know, there, as as many prospects as the Wild have that are defensemen in their system, uh, the reality is that professionally right now, there's no, no nobody that they could just put in the lineup and give top four minutes. Uh, you know, we, we saw last night, even though I thought Addison and Dakota Mermis uh, uh, did really well, you know, you take John Merrill and Jonas Pardina out of the lineup and things get thin really, really quickly. And now if you get another injury or two, uh, this team could be really, really thin. So I just fully expect that Matt Dumble will be here after March 3rd. So Russo, day of the game for the Leafs, we love to have on the you know the local guys and and give us sort of a the preview of sorts of their teams. Could you just fill us in on like where the Wild are at in their season, their their style of play? Can you give us an update on what what Leafs fans can expect from the Minnesota Wild at this point of the year? 
Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting how they look tonight, you know, second of a back-to-back. Uh, last night, uh, for some bizarre reason, every time the Wild play Columbus perennially, not just uh, last night, it's just a grind, and they got to put in an, an immense amount of energy and effort to, to beat that team. And last night was no different. They they were wound up winning 2 nothing, but they had to defend a lot, and they defended well. And they are one of the best defensive teams in the league in terms of every defensive metric. Um, they're getting really, really quality goaltending right now, um, especially from Philip Gustafson, who's going to start tonight, um, especially at home. He's been uh, unbelievable at home, uh, 10-1-1, I believe, in his last 12 Ooh. at home. And he's just been tremendous uh, for them. And this is somebody I think that we all thought when he when he was acquired for Cam Talbot, that it was almost like an afterthought, that it was just like, you know, a consolation prize because Cam wanted to go somewhere else. And then he's come here and he got off to a rocky start and he's just been um, tremendous. And, and to the point that he started until last night, six of the last eight games with Flowers struggling a little bit. And they started to ride him uh, pretty well here. And so he's going to get the start tonight. Um, they're a team that really has trouble scoring, which has been – fascinating to watch because last year they had such ease at scoring. You know, they were third best five and five team in the league offensively last year. They had an, a 25 come from, from behind wins, nine multi come from behind wins. Um, they had something like 12 or 13, six on five goals, maybe even more. Wow. It was crazy um, yeah. to watch them last year. And this year they're actually on the bottom of the league. Um, other than Kaprizov, it's just been a grind to get anybody else to scoring. If you go through their their goalless droughts on this team right now, it is we're talking. You know, many many of the forwards have goalless droughts. Uh, you know, well into you know almost uh, uh, twenty games. I mean, it's it's been unreal to watch how how hard it is for them to score. And and last night was no different. They get off to a fast start. But here's a great stat for you. How, until last night. In the last 17 games, they had two first-period goals. I mean, that's that's enough. <laughs> what? Yeah. And uh, okay. last night, they scored two. So they got off to a 2 nothing start last night. You're thinking, wow, they're going to blow Columbus out. And, and then they didn't score again the rest of the game. Uh, and, and it's just been like that. So, you know, Kevin Fiala's loss has not only taken 85 points out of the lineup, but it's just had this trickle-down effect throughout the lineup that's made it just – so much harder to get secondary scoring. You just pretty much concentrate on shutting down that top line and you're probably going to win most of the night. So they've gotten themselves out of a big time rut that they were in for about a month here with uh, you know, four wins in a row, but it is still a team that has to defend first, get great goaltending and, and then just worry about eking out two, one, three, two wins. So speaking of that great goaltending is Gustafson's run now uh, put him in a position where meaningful games down the stretch or uh, potentially a, a first round could leave Mark Andre Fleury uh, uh, backing up. Yeah, I mean, I really do think so. I mean, I, I don't think the Wild are in a position. This is a team that's you know since two thousand and three, they've been past the first round twice. Um, you know, that, that's just crazy. And last year, even though Cam Talbot had a point streak down the stretch of fifteen or sixteen games, uh, they they went with Fleury. They went with the resume. And they didn't go with Talbot until it was way too late in a must-win game in Game Six after sitting him for two weeks, despite his hot streak. And it, you know, it caused a divorce in the relationship where he wanted to to move on, and he obviously got that that wish to Ottawa. And I don't think the Wild could afford to do that again. They have to get past the first round this year, as you guys mentioned, uh, a wide open. So to me, it's incumbent on them to pick the goaltender that's playing best going into the playoffs. Now, could that still be Flurry? Absolutely. I mean. 
you know, I think Wild fans, because Gustafson is just a different style goaltender, and when he wins, it's really quiet and simple, and he just looks like he's calm and that and all that stuff. And and obviously, he's been winning. It, it creates this perception that he's just so much better than Flurry, who we know is is a very aggressive, sometimes spastic goalie, and and can leave you a little nervous about just the way he looks. Even last night, he gets the shutout, but there were some hairy moments in there just because of his style difference. Mm-hmm. But if he is if if he is not playing nearly as well as Gustafson down the stretch, I think they're going to have to make that tough, tough call. And um, they're going to have uh, the ability to really test both of them down the stretch here. They, they, you know, it's crazy, actually. If you look at the Wild schedule, um, as condensed as it's been in February, they actually have a lot of off days in March. And, and um, you know, so there's not a lot of back-to-back. So it's not going to be one of these things where they're going to need both goalies. They're, they are going to be able to really pick one and who to go with the majority of the games. They have a lot of, tonight it's not one of them, but they have a lot of simple games coming up. The Wild are 21-7-2. and two against non-playoff teams and, and seven or eight of their next uh, seven of their next no, uh, 10 now are against uh, non-playoff teams. So the wild, you really have the ability to peel off some points here. And um, if Gustafson continues to be well, I, I really do think he's going to put the, the coaching staff and Bill Guerin in a really tough decision uh, coming back because again, you know, Flurry signed a two-year deal. So um, if he takes a backseat to Gustafson going into the playoffs, uh, you know, the, uh, Flurry is going to know coming into next year. It's going to be a lot of the same. You know the uh, you know the success of the Minnesota Wild like kind of hinges on them getting some goals. You mentioned that they struggled to score. I've been watching them the past week, and I watched Kaprizov make a play against the Kings that was unbelievable to set up a goal. Scores in their last game. Like I just, it feels like this guy he plays over twenty minutes a night for them. I heard people going into the season picking him to win the Hart Trophy, which seemed a little ridiculous, but how has he lived up to expectations this season? I think he's got 34 goals in 58 games. Looks like it's gone pretty well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Connor McDavid's going to lap the competition in in terms of the heart, but again, the definition of the heart is most viable to his team, and it's, it's hard to come up with too many more players in the National Hockey League that is more valuable to to his team than Kaprizov. Kaprizov. You take Kaprizov out of lineup, and they're they're battling for Conor Medard right now. I mean, I promise you that. Um, wow. They he is everything for this franchise, especially in a year where it's been so hard for them to score. And and he's worn that stress lately. I mean, he looks. There's been a lot of times in the last month. Um, you know, there was a stretch where for a month the only guys that had goals on this team that were forwards were him, Zuccarello, Boldy, and Eric Sinek. And it felt like at five-on-five, five especially, that he felt every single shift he had to score or make a play or they had no ability to score. And he's worn it. And, um, you know, and to his credit, he hasn't shown his frustration. And to his credit, he continues to perform at a just masterful level um, every single night. And what I love about him, because I, and I've covered, no, I haven't covered a ton of, I've covered the league now 28 years but I haven't covered a ton of personal stars in that time, you know, covered Pavel Bure, covered Marion Gabrick, but really that's about it um, between Florida and Minnesota. Um, Kaprizov, what I love about him is he's a, he's a grinder. I mean, this guy goes to the tough, tough areas. He is not a peripheral player by any stretch. He doesn't cherry pick looking for breakaways. Um, he goes to the hard areas and scores his goals that way. And it's just really impressive to watch. If you hit him, he's coming back at you. Um, he'll get angry. And he'll give it to you, and um, and he draws you in. Uh, he, he's you know uh, usually in the top five every every year in in drawn penalties, and and not drawing them by diving, that's for sure. I mean, he he you have to 
in a, you know, he's always moving his feet. So if you're going to defend them and you're close to him, you're probably going to have to put a stick on him or hold him or something to fend them off and obstruct them. And that's why he, he draws so many penalties. So he is a, a special, special talent. And, you know, he's, he's, he is, you know, mid twenties now, and, and they've got him for three more years under contract. And a lot of that coincides with the dead money. And they are going to have to try to figure out a way to build a surrounding uh, cast around him. Or, you know, they are going to risk in a couple of years of him saying, hey, is the grass greener somewhere else? And so that, I think, is part of the pressure that Bill Guerin's going to have to figure out here in the next couple of years is how to, during this dead money time, to keep uh, Kirill Kaprizov, one, happy, but two, feeling that the future is bright here in Minnesota, that if he can uh, now, uh, because whatever he's going to want on his next contract, he's going to name a number in the wild. They're going to have to give it to him. And uh, it'll be interesting, you know, when that when that time comes. But for, for, for the now, he is by far their most valuable player and, and one of the best players in the league. Hey, Mike, big thrill for you being on the same show as Doug McClain. Yeah. You... I know. I, could, I, I was a little disappointed that Doug wasn't on on with me. He would have been great drama. He would have just ripped you, me. For you guys have a history or what? <laughs> we have a great history. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I covered him down in Florida for a long, long time. So, uh... So, yeah, so he's he, he's still one of my favorite favorite people. As Nick knows, I mean, he's 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 a beauty, and uh, and uh, you know, I honestly, as he likes to say, he taught me what offsides was. He always says <laughs> what the line was, what the red line was. Uh, um, there were some some funny moments. I mean, when I started covering the Panthers, and he, so I my first year as a, as Panthers as a Panthers, like I was back up to the backup. My first year in the NHL was '95, which obviously was his first year as a head coach. And so his three first his three years, I covered him down there, and I was basically a rookie beat writer. And I and to, you know he likes to joke around that he taught me the game, but he really did. I mean, you know the one the biggest thing about you know working with professional coaches and every single coach and GM and player that you ever cover, you learn more and more and more about the sport from. But you know he was the very very first, and it really was a learning lesson on just how to deal and question it professional coach and you guys know he could get a little fiery right now so we had some back and forth down there but he was uh he was just awesome awesome to deal with and and really i mean it's it's stupid to say when you're a beat writer covering guy but in a lot of ways he did take me under the under his wing in terms of teaching me how to how to cover the sport uh, at the very very beginning of my career somehow i think those kind words that you had for doug will not be going back your way in about uh, eight, <laughs> oh, nine minutes. Oh, sure they will. <laughs> but um, you might want to stick around just to listen to it one way or the other. And if you don't hear it, I'm sure someone's going to tell you about it. But uh, we Definitely. really, really appreciate your time, Mike, uh, coming on the show. Yep. See you guys. Take care. Thanks Mike so Russo much. Covers uh, the Minnesota Wild for the Athletic. Does a, a really good job, despite what Doug McClain's going to say in about seven minutes. Well, how critical could he have been of Doug if he didn't know the game all that well as a new coach? Or, you know, you just at that point just assume the coach knows everything. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be the the way to go? Yes, but we are talking about Doug McClain. True, true, true. All yes. right, uh, go to break. Anything else you want to get in before we go to break, Sammy? See, uh, I almost said Sammy Captain Casperi Captain on waivers today. Yes, former Leaf little connection there. Boy, just it never. He never found it, eh? Wow, just go back and that that trade. Uh, they ended up with a f- first rounder, I think, from Toronto, and that was the Phil Kessel. Was it not Kapanen part of the Phil Kessel? Honestly, this is one of the things I'm the worst at. Yeah, are you? No, he was part of that trade. Yeah, I think. What? Oh, the part of the come on, Sammy. He came to Toronto. 
through the Kessel deal. Is that what you're saying? What do you? What's going on here? No, no. Yeah. Uh, Terrible at this. He. How was, did he end up down there? Yeah, Casper Captain was part of that trade on July first, twenty fifteen. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna bring on uh, Doug and <laughs> and completely drive this off a cliff. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. All right. Quick break. These words, and we're back with Doug McClain. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toronto Maple Leafs set to do battle against the Minnesota Wild tonight. And then a very big Western road trip. Yeah. Yep. No, it's massive time of year. By the way, I just wanted to clarify. Thank you, Lee, for 1984 on Twitter. and came to Toronto in the Kessel deal. Correct. Ended up back in Pittsburgh for a first, which was Amarov, Rodian Amarov, and a prospect who they traded back to Pittsburgh in the McCann deal. There's plenty to get into in the next uh, little while with uh, a guy who's going to have a tough time uh, following up Mike Russo. Can you handle it? Who? Mike Russo was a guest on our show before the break. And Who the know, hell is Mike Russo? Who the hell is Mike Russo? Uh, he's a writer for The Athletic. He covers the Minnesota Wild. And uh, I, I just, oh. I know it's hard at your age, Seriously. but just try to remember. Seriously. He, he Seriously. covered you. He covered yeah. you in Florida. Oh, I know. And he actually had some decent things to say about you. Well, he should. When he started at Covenant, he didn't even know what an offside was. Now he's an expert on hockey. Seriously. <laughs> I had to take him up to the whiteboard and show him what an offside was. Now he's one of the preeminent hockey writers <laughs> in the world. <laughs> what are you saying? You created a monster? Now he's telling GMs who they should keep, who they should trade, salary caps. I mean, he's a genius all of a sudden. He... I said, no, no, the puck has to cross the line for the player, Mike. Listen, Mac, they got to start it's somewhere. It's not that complicated, Mike. I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's nice, nice. He's a nice fella. He's a nice fella. But That's listen, right. we only do. We only have nice fellas on the show. I had a I had a devastating injury yesterday that I'm just retired. Just had. To, I was in the hot tub, the pool, the sauna this afternoon trying to. I I was playing the championship point. I. We won the match, but I I uh, I hurt my calf. My I, it seized up my calf. So, <laughs> but the guy like I slammed the like ball a, on, like I, a cramp, a cramp, a serious a serious yeah. cramp on my calf. But the the seventy eight year old I slammed the ball at, he fell trying to get my shot, and I had to pick him up off the court with my calf muscle hurting. So it was a tough day. Maybe the anyway, two of you I'm, should I'm back. just. I'm coming back. Maybe the two of you should just lay off the red wine a little bit. You know, at first I heard ESPN was going to cover pickleball, and I didn't get why, but I got to tell you, I'm seeing it. I'd watch that. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, it's, anyway. Okay, so listen, I left enough. The, I, I take it too serious. I got to take it. I take it way too serious. But anyway, no, nice of Russo. I mean, he's a nice I don't want to talk I, Russo. I, mean, I like him. I don't want to talk Russo. Okay, I good. don't want to talk pickleball. I want to talk about <laughs> the Leafs going. The Leafs. 
out. And- By the way, another guy, another guy just sent me a note and said, I hope Kippy's paying you well, because when you're on, he, he agrees with me 100 percent. He loves the show when I'm on. <laughs> well, we're thankful for that. Can we just I love listening the- to you when I'm on the nuts and bolts here? The Leafs paid a hefty price. For two forwards that no one will argue that uh, uh, they don't make them better. Uh, and then we see Boston, pretty much the same type of, type of package for two guys that will make them better. Uh, Orlov, top four guy. Ryan O'Reilly, a top six guy. Um, do the Leafs have to do anything to kind of match what Boston did? last night well like Orlov's a guy that's sort of become a really all-round guy and that he's he's a defender and and he can move the puck and and create so I thought it was a great addition I really did I mean I know they were talking Gabrikov I think that I think they did better with this uh with this pickup you know I know it was a, it was you know it's a tough price but they spread the picks out and you know um I I Boston's better yeah they're better because of it and ryan o'reilly look i mean i watched the buffalo game that night and it was it was exciting to see that i can only imagine how kyle and brendan felt watching that performance by by ryan o'reilly who has proven to be you know you know he's a stanley cup winner and it, it was a good move i i i see where they have him in the top six i i really would like to see them set up their third line to be a really top third line and you know, I, I know Tavares, he seems to want to play the wing. I, I sort of was I'm caught off guard by that. I'd love to see him in that three-hole with, you know, Chari's a good pickup, too, for the fourth line. I I like the moves. I like both moves a lot, you know. So now we have to wait to see what Tampa does and what the Rangers do because the, the East is loading up, and uh, it's going to be an unbelievable playoff. Tampa, I mean... They'd be a little nervous about this move. They would be. Are you surprised that Dubis got aggressive like that? And do you expect he'll continue to? Like, is it enough now? Or do you think you got to continue to sell out assets and, and get even better knowing that Boston is as loaded as they are? Well, I think I still think they've got a, you know, there's still a major question uh, with their blue line. Um, they, I still think they need another top guy on their back end, and that's tough to do right now. And I think that's got to be something they're considering. And then we come back to the same old problem. Is their goaltending going to be good enough to to beat Vasilevsky and company? That's that's still a big question mark. But, I, you know, you, you love how Kyle got aggressive. Yeah, I know they're giving up a ton of assets. And they had given up a ton prior to this with the Felino deal and, and the other deals they've done. So this... Kyle had no choice. How? How? You can't blame Kyle Dubas, and you shouldn't be surprised that Kyle Dubas got uh, got aggressive because his job's on the line. And six consecutive years of losing out, they've got to they've got to go for it. They've got a good team. They've had a good year. Uh, so yeah, they've got to still try to improve their team with the you know with the deadline coming upon us. I, I really think they have to still continue to try to improve their team to be a real contender. We're talking to Doug McLean, former NHL president, general manager, and head coach. Mac, did Columbus get caught here with Gavrikov? There's so much talk about a, 
a pending deal with them and the Boston Bruins. And what happened? Well, Washington lost to Detroit. That's what happened and made them sellers. And all of a sudden, Orlov's out there and they jump all over it. So what does that do to the market? What does that do to Gavrikov? What does it do to Chikrin? Well, it, it, it probably, it, you know, like Columbus are all excited about getting these high picks and getting first-round picks for their assets. And I, I like it. I like what Kekalainen has been able to do running prices. Maybe he got a little greedy and looking for too much. But my problem is you, when does it catch up to you that you continually give these assets away that are core pieces of your team? So, you know, they've got to be a little careful. They've given away eight players, eight or eight-plus players from their from their run when they beat Tampa Bay. And yeah, it's great. They have all these picks, but, but eventually you got to win games. And when you're sitting in 32nd place, I know it's all worth it if they get Bedard, but you know, uh, yeah, maybe they got it a little greedy asking a little too much, but you know, Gabrikov's still a good pickup for somebody. I don't know that you want them long-term, but I think short-term on a three-year deal or something, Gabrikov could be a good pickup. I know Columbus were nervous about giving them a long t- a long-term deal. For whatever reason, they were nervous about giving him a long-term deal, and I'm not sure what it was. Hmm. Well, we'll be interested to see what happens with him. Obviously, it could help the Leafs given their own decor situation. What do you expect to see, or what do you want to see from the Leafs down the stretch with how they use the remainder of their game? Should they be in the look they expect to, to give you game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs? Do you want to see more experimenting? What's the coach's role here on the way, uh, the way to the finish line? Well, I think you've got to get your team ready for the playoffs and, and, and focus on playing playoff-style hockey. And I think, you know, the addition of a, of a Gabrikov type of guy on the back end would, would go a long way. They're playing, I mean, against Buffalo the other night, that was, a, that was as good a first period and a half as I've seen the Leafs play in, as from a complete game. So I think they've got to be focused on playing playoff-style hockey, not not you know, not the fancy game, but the playoff style game. And that's what they're striving to do. And I'm, I guarantee you, Keith is trying to get that through to them. And, you know, you've got to be ready. And, and, and in the same time, you've got to get, you've got to do everything you can to finish ahead of Tampa. And there's a two point spread right now. And, uh, you know, to me, home ice is going to be, is going to be important. It's not going to be the end on be all, but it would be nice to, to get, jump into the lead in that series. I know they had the lead last year, but still, it's going to be important. But Tampa play playoff-style hockey most nights, most nights. But when it's really on the line, they're, they're, they're prepped to play that way. The Leafs, we haven't seen that yet. I think they're capable of it, and I think they still need they need great goaltending, which hopefully they'll get from Samsonov, but they, they still need... a another defenseman, in my opinion, to play that playoff-style game. So Gabakov would be a good pickup. Chikrin, I'm a little nervous on Chikrin. I, 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 it's going to be a, an astronomical price, which is obviously the reason he hasn't been traded yet. And, I mean, I don't know if he's a playoff-ready style defenseman. I, I hope he is if they get him, but I'm not sure he's that yet at this stage in his career. He's never been in those type of series and that's that's going to be real that's going to be real important for the guy they pick up to move into that and i i think he's got to be a top four guy mac is is ryan o'reilly and and achari enough to drag guys 
into that playoff fight because they have been accused at times of not looking like a, a, a playoff style to advance. It, is it is it just um, a matter of two guys pulling that out of them? Is it Sheldon Keefe asking for more out of the next 24 games to look playoff ready? You know, and I, I think a cherry is the sort of guy. I talked to guys that played with him in Boston, and they really, they really liked him because he's a battler. He's he can skate. He can he can chip in important goals. I I think he's in a really important guy. I really do. And Ryan O'Reilly, there's no doubt that I don't care if you're John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Nylander, How can you not look at this guy? And follow him. I, I, because of, you know, what, look, this guy was, he was not, Buffalo, there was issues there, but he went to St. Louis and reestablished himself as a really team first type of guy. I love the fact that they got a team first type of guy. Can he come back to the, where he was in his heyday in St. Louis? That's a big question mark. You know, he's got the smarts. I don't know if he's got the the speed, if that's still there, obviously that's a concern. But he's got he's got everything else that you need at playoff time, and I that's what I love about the, both those players. So I think both of them are capable of dragging guys into this fight. I really do. Curious to know what your your thoughts on you know that fourth line with Alex Kerfoot on it now. It's Aston Reese, Achari Kerfoot. You know since uh, the trade has been made, I was looking at their fourth lines in their last three playoff series. Um, Jonas Siegel had written an article on it, and some of the lines were you know it's Thornton, Adam Brooks, and Jason Spezza. It's Kasha, Colin Blackwell, and Spezza. It's you know it's some real hodgepodge fourth lines. Is this Aston Reese, Achari Kerfoot one good enough? Kerfoot on the fourth line seems strange to me, but what are your thoughts? You know, I, I, you know, we've talked about the third and fourth line for three years now on this yeah. show. Uh, you know, have you guys been on the air that long, three years? Oh, it seems like it, my it, lifetime. It, it feels like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me, me, for me, what about for me every Friday afternoon? Like, I got nothing else to do on a Friday <laughs> Ten afternoon. years. Like, seriously. But anyway, I I like that that look at that third line. Kerfoot's not the perfect fourth line guy, but you know what? He's smart enough. He's got speed. I, I think he's a smart enough guy. I think it could be a really good fourth line. I'm not sure about their third line, but I like their fourth line. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I, I still, I still think that they've improved. I really do uh, with this acquis- with these two acquisitions. And, you know, look, they, they, how can they not be ready for the playoffs? This group, how can they not be ready to? to say we got to do so they know what's at stake with this group they know what's at stake for the coaches the management and themselves if they don't if they don't do some damage in the playoffs so motivation wise uh you know they shouldn't have a problem with that and technically uh, keith is solid enough a coach that he should be able to handle that with it now that he's gained some experience but this is an experienced hockey team they're going to face, and it won't be easy, even with these replacements. But this gives them a better chance. All right, I want to keep it within your coach's fraternity uh, and talk to you about Craig Berube's comments uh, the other night. Uh, Sammy, do you have the? Let's go to Craig Berube here. I want you to have a listen, Mac, and I want to hear your response. Uh-oh. Derek, 
Our, our best players don't, have, don't, don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, being inspired. Um, they're getting paid lots of money, and they're not showing. They're not doing the job. End of story. That's it. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. You okay with yeah, that? That's. Uh... You know that's a that's a coach that's really frustrated and really ticked off. And, and Craig is a is a straight shooter and an honest guy. And obviously he was really ticked off. I'm always nervous about making those type of comments, coaches. It, it you know you you typically don't hear that from from guys that you know from the top guys. I haven't heard a lot of that. I mean you hear comments. We didn't have a good game. We weren't ready. We up. That's a that's a shot from the bow, and I, that wouldn't sit well with a lot of people. I guarantee you that a lot of a lot of players would would hate those well, comments. Just, and, you know, we've heard Thomas Thomas come out and said he you know he doesn't know what he's talking about. Basically, is what Thomas said about the comments. And you know what, I I, I don't real I like Craig Berube. I'll, I really like him a lot. I just think he's so ticked off that you know Willie. Does he probably regret saying it? I don't know. You know Craig better than I do, but I would think he's... A lot of coaches have gotten in a lot of trouble making those type of comments over the years. You know that? They really have. Just to follow up uh, what you said about Robert Thomas, this was his quote. I've been a part of this team for a long time, and what he said couldn't be further from the truth. Let me ask you something. Does that put Doug Armstrong in a tough position because... You've got a coach and player on one side, and you've got also an owner out there that needs to sell tickets still to finish out the year. And why would anybody want to go if if they're mailing it is in as much as Craig uh, Berube says? Yeah, it, Army Army backs his coaches pretty well, and he's got a good feel on his group, as good as any GM in the league. But you know what? It just—it's—it's it's not a good look. It's really not a good look. And owners would be asking some questions, but they trust Army and they probably trust Brube. But it just—it just catches me off guard. I think those are comments that I would recommend to any coach that you say it to your group and you say it to them one on one, or you say it in the dressing room. But I—I—I I, I, I don't like when it comes to the media. I really don't. Oh, I, ma- I imagine. Uh, JB, that was already said. Yeah, I also i i yeah. i like it myself. I agree. Yeah, yeah, Doug. Like is, it? Yeah, you I like, like it. it. I do like it. Um, I like it because do you I, ever hear when you were a little runt running around the Islanders room? Did you hear Al Arbor talk like that to the media? <laughs> you know, not now. You can't recall that, Doug, when I was five. No, he 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 had some pretty he had some pretty rough years and and on the island at the end of Al's career, and I never heard him come out like that. I mean. I, I just, I, I just, I don't know that there's any value in it. I, if he said it in the room and said it to his team guys, I don't know if there's anything to gain from that. Well, I, I really to don't. Me, to me, I it's re- almost a self-protection sort of thing, and so maybe that's not for the team's benefit either. So maybe you know, maybe I'm off base here, but I think that given where this team is, they're at a turning point, right? I mean, they were in the playoff race. Until, God, their last 10 games, they've been terrible. Ryan O'Reilly's gone. Tarasenko's gone. He came on our show and said, teams tank to get players as good as we have, talking about Kyrou and Thomas. He basically handed the keys to these guys and said, it's your team now. And they responded with, you know, frankly, piss-poor efforts. 
So, you know, I'm not sure what he's supposed to do necessarily. Like, this is the next group of guys for them as they kind of tank on this season and move off into the future. Hopefully it sets the tone of what's going to be acceptable for the leadership of his team. I think you make a good point. You just lost your heart and soul captain, and you've waved the white flag a little bit. Yeah, you're saying, okay, it's your team. You show us, you know, what the next leadership of this team looks like, and I don't know. How long he's been yeah, frustrated? The, the fan base don't—they don't want to hear that, though. No, right? I, no, nobody wants to hear it. And, and I, I still go back. And I, I look—I I want to preface this with saying I have a lot of respect for Craig, and I, I coached against him in the league, and I know what a competitor he was. But I still don't think there's any value in that in going to the media with it. I, I don't think there's any value of it. Like players, players. There's nothing that ticks players off more than a coach going out in the media and talking and them saying, is that the same guy that's in our dressing room? Is mm-hmm. that the same guy? I hear it about coaches all the time. And I, and I, I just don't think there's anything to gain from it other than why wouldn't you sit Robert Thomas down and the, and Cairo and these guys and say it to them. And I'm sure he has, I'm sure he has. And isn't that enough? Do you have to go to the media with it and, and, and create this, it puts Craig in a tough spot. It puts Army in a, a tough spot. It puts the owner in a tough spot. And the fans are saying, uh, "Wait, what? What am I listening to here?" I, I just don't think it, it's. Yeah. I just don't think it's. It's. It's that valuable. I don't think it is. I what really if he don't. feels like but he's going to be fired, and he's like, you know, this is my. You know, if you if he feels like his job's in jeopardy and it's these guys costing him or, you know, not responding to him sort of as a nuclear option, still too much, eh? Well, if I was interviewing, say he does. Yeah. And I was interviewing him, it would be one of the first questions I'd ask him. Like, yeah. explain this comment. You're, you're, you're a Stanley Cup winning coach. You're a player's coach. You're perceived as a player's coach. I just, I've seen, you know, I go way back and I remember, and you you wouldn't have been born and Kippy would barely be born when Orville Tessier said the same thing about the Chicago Blackhawks. And Terry Murray said the same thing about the Philadelphia Flyers in a series against Detroit. And, you know, it, it just, it was very similar comments. And I'm thinking, what, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. I just, I, I think there's a, I think there's something to be said about, keeping things in the dressing room. I don't have a problem with you ripping a player in, in a, a one-on-one situation. And I, I just, I'm against it. That's just my own opinion. I don't think it's a smart move. Just a, but that's uh, my own opinion. I, I want to sneak this one in before I let you go. And, th- and that's uh, Pat Kane. Uh, viewers shopping right now, would you be all over this? Is, is there a part that would hold you back on, on maybe not, knowing what exactly you're going to get with Pat Kane, where are you on that? And, and linking him back to the Rangers. Well, you know, the Rangers are going for it. And I, I read this morning what they have to do to make this happen. And, you know, it's down to playing with 20 guys the rest of the season and moving people up and down and around and going with a shortened lineup. I love Patrick Kane. You know that he's a talented guy. The Panarin history is really intriguing. He's a, he's a winner. Um, I'd love to see the Rangers get Pat Kane, but you know, Tarasenko and Patrick Kane, I, I'm not sure there's it. When does, when is there too many guys? Who, who, who's going to have the puck? Like how many guys can you, can you right. uh, appease and put in 
key situations when you've got the top six that they have. I I don't know. It, it, I mean, look, it looks good. It sounds good. I'm not sure it's the right move for the Rangers. And I love Patrick Kane, man. I love Mitch. If they didn't have Tarasenko, I would be saying, yeah, go for it big time. I'm going to tell you something right now that's just going to absolutely make your weekend. You've got hundreds of more uh, watchers on YouTube than Mike Russo had. <laughs> you know what? That may be the biggest insult I've ever had in my career. And, I've been in, and, and you know what? I have been insulted. I have been insulted really bad by a lot of people in my career. Yeah. And that is, that's one, that's one of the top, okay. that's one of the top oh, I'm sorry. flags that you, you've <laughs> given me. I'm that's sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought I was going to cheer you up. Well, listen. you know what? I've been looking for a way. I've been looking for a way to get out of doing this damn show and you're getting real close. To <laughs> no, 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 no. Strike that from the record. <laughs> okay. Strike that last comment from the record. Hey, Mac, thanks for doing this, man. Really appreciate hey, you know, it. No, no, just one, one, one final thing is I was leaving the, as I was leaving the pool to come up here, Jill said the final thing she yelled at me when I was leaving the hot tub and put, she said, what is Kiprios paying you for this? I said, honey, it's not about money anymore. It's just about, you know, helping people in their careers. I'm getting you. sick of helping you, though, Kipri. Hey, uh, Little Buddha is going to be sold in Florida soon. In a month, <laughs> I'll, I can send you um, a can. <laughs> Not even send open. Coupons. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for doing this, good man. Good luck with the show. Good luck. Hey, okay. continued good luck with the show. I appreciate thanks, that. <laughs> Doug McLean. What a guy. Yeah, I don't think he liked that last YouTube comment. Well, it was a great comment. It was good. More people hundreds, were here for him than Hundreds ourselves. more. Yeah. And apparently uh, anyone's talking about is like, should I put my toque back on? Yeah, that was a big, there was actually a poll on our uh, YouTube chat, <laughs> whether you should or not. That's I, completely off the rails. No, that is. I did vote in it. I said so no. Did vote. I, I did. Voted I. I yeah. voted no. Yeah, I, like, voted, I no. voted no. I voted no, yeah. Yeah, your hair looks good today for a guy who's been what, wearing it too. Do we do we have an update on the poll? What is what is actually the poll? It, it, they wanted you to put it back on, um, but I I think they're wrong. The people the people are not. Well, I'm going correct. with the vote uh, after <laughs> the, the vote, break. The vote said sixty four percent yes. Nine, uh, put it back on thirty. Uh, he just got a haircut. It's looking I a, good. I just got a haircut too. Yeah, it's looking tight. One hundred and seventy votes on that. Well, there you go. All right. Well, let's get the. The nose up, please, or else I'm going to have to go with whatever is on the poll yeah. All right. after the break. You're like Elon Musk. All I right. do whatever the poll says. And what do we have? We got the real Admiral. Got Rear Admiral coming up. All yeah. right. From All right. Uh, Chicklets and uh, uh, the Barstool uh, Sports Group. I don't know if I screwed that up. <laughs> you did. We'll talk about <laughs> All of that and more after the break. Get your vote in. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Max talking about coming out of the pool, the sauna, and I'm putting a toque back on. <laughs> because of an internet poll. Dave Sisboomba, how did we finish off on the poll? Do we have any idea? It was 63% put your God damn I, I also on. like the idea of Kipper asking Sis for quotes when he doesn't have a microphone. This is uh, just yelling at the glass. All right. As we promised, host a Spit and Chicklets podcast on Barstool Sports. Let's bring in R.A. How are you, pal? Good. What's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Oh, listen. Can't have, uh, can't have a blockbuster trade with the Boston Bruins and not have a Boston accent in the show. 
<laughs> well, thanks, man. I'm still I'm still in shock about it. How I, I mean, they've been kicking tail all, all year. Now they the rich got richer, as they say. I'm I'm pretty psyched about the trade. It's, it's undoubtedly the team to beat right now. I have to say. Did this one surprise you? Yeah, yeah, and and I say it every year, Kip. Like you know, expect the unexpected. Sammy. You always hear the rumors. I I mean, I didn't hear all of with the Bruins at all from from the nine thousand people spreading rumors out there. It just always seems to be a deal that people don't hear coming that comes and. Uh, Olaf and a guy like Hathaway too. I mean, he's a a, a poop star down there in the bottom six. He he's talented as hell. He's a great defensive forward. He'll, he'll make the fourth or third line wherever they probably put him on the fourth. I'd say. Plus, he's a local kid. I don't think you can underestimate that. I mean, you guys get uh, local guys all the time up there. They play, seem to play a little bit better for the Leafs. Well, you know, guys from local. He's a main kid. He's gonna play his ass off for the bees. So uh, I'm fired up, man. I really can't believe how much better they got with these guys. Olaf probably underrated playing. You know, second fiddle to Carlson all those years, and he's going to slot wherever wherever Montgomery wants to put him in the top four. This uh, it, it's a it's a good day in Boston. Good couple of days, yeah. All right, you got to help me. I'm dying here. So the the Bruins have lost eight times this season and 57 tries. We've become a Bruins show with Sammy and Kip here, bigging up the, these the, the Bruins. Is there a soft spot Leafs fans can cling to? Is there somewhere they got to get better still, or is this just the best version of this Bruins team you've seen in years? Yeah, I mean, you could probably quibble with, oh, they, they kind of, you know, used another defenseman and probably a little bit more depth, and that's exactly what Sweeney went out and did. I mean, I mean, if the Leafs fans need to hand the hat on something, I, I guess you could say Almach's uh, playoff inexperience, that's probably yeah, a bit of a stretch, even though he's playing this year. But I don't know. It, it, it's tough to find uh, any any chinks in the arm with this team right now. But, of course, you know, <clears throat> like Marshawn said the other day, the records mean nothing. This, this is all about getting the Stanley Cup. I mean, especially a guy like Bergeron, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He's been to three Stanley Cups already. He wins another one. He can really solidify himself with like sort of that block era, the big bad Bruins of the early 70s. So uh, I think this team is go- going all in, you know, for themselves, obviously, they don't want a cup. But I think that the idea of winning one for uh, Bergeron, another one for Bergeron, is really fueling these guys. All right, is there a feel that one way or another, this is uh, this is it for uh, Patrice and Krejci? You know what, I uh, as far as Patrice, I don't think he even knows. Uh, you know, I think he's going to see how the year goes. I mean, obviously, it'll be a storybook ending. The Bruins when he retires, a la, you know, well, Ray Bork with a different team. But, you know, sort of same idea. Uh, and probably same with Krejci. I mean, I think he's probably more likely to retire considering he went to Europe for a year already. Then they sort of got the band back together for this year. Uh, but, yeah, I honestly don't think they know right now. I think they're just kind of winging it and, and seeing how the season goes. You know, I've heard uh, you guys talking about on your show about uh, about the Maple Leafs. You got Biz is giving giving the Leafs a lot of love. Whitney's pushing back against any love for the Maple Leafs. Where do you fall in the spectrum? What do you think of this Leafs team and their chances in playoffs? Uh, you know, like I said, the, the Leafs are the the pre two thousand four Red Sox. They kind of the lovable losing thing about them, but. I don't know, man. It looks like they're going to draw Tampa Bay once again. Uh, the best goalie in the world, Vasilevsky. Yeah. I, if I'm a Leafs fan, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm probably pooping down my leg a little bit right now. It's like <laughs> that team is, you know, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, what's uh, God uh, franchise? You know, the, the franchise. What am I? What am I thinking of? Uh, Dynasty. That's right. Too. I'm sorry. Late, yeah, late yeah, night. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a dynastic team down there. And Tampa, you know, Toronto, Toronto Sunday out of the first round for the first time in what, almost 20 years. I don't know, man. It's going to be a tough task. Toronto, they're not. Gonna, I mean, sorry, Tampa's not going to lay down. I mean, they got a, a chance to win. You know, a third cup with this with this team. So I don't know, man. I I'd be scared if I was Toronto, Toronto fan a little bit. Uh, just your thoughts on the domino effect? We assume Boston's done here. You wouldn't mess with the chemistry anymore, would you? 
No, I mean, I don't really, you know, I don't really know that they need anything at this point. I mean, you know, they just you know, got a, a great defenseman, a, a great fourth line guy. I can't imagine they'd go do too much with this. They already kind of have too many defensemen right now as it is. Uh, but yeah, like I think you just mentioned the ripple effect. Now you're probably going to see get Rikoff get traded and whatever else that might have been a log jam there. But uh, I mean, there's still a lot of big names to fall too for, as far as other teams. So hopefully we get some to uh, celebrate on trade deadline day. Yeah, that's uh, it's been a pretty good one. So you know, looking around the league a little bit, uh, Colorado's a team that's been injured. They win the cup last year. Boston clearly the favorite this season. Are you still scared? Does Colorado give you the most fear of any team to to you know disrupt Boston's plans here? Uh, yeah, defend the champ anytime. I mean, they may have a question and goal. Well, then again, it really didn't matter with the last year. Kemper didn't put up the best numbers, and they still won the cup. Uh, but, you know, Connor McDavid, I, I know goaltender may be a question mark with Edmonton, but the way he's playing right now, uh, I'd be scared scared to, to go against him, the, the level he's playing at right now. But, yeah, the defending champs, you know, as long as they're out there, they're, they're probably the challenge. But I don't know, like I said, the, the Bs, and if Omar can play the way he's been playing all year, I, I, can't, I can't see them not being the team to beat. How about Pat Kane? Does, does the league need him in New York City right now? Uh, I don't think the lead does. Um, well, from a I, I marketing mean, if, perspective, it would be huge eyeballs. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, if they get bounced in the first round, it, it, will, it won't matter. But I think, yeah, if that's where Pat Kane wants to go and that's the only place he wants to go, then that's where he'll end up. I mean, he can dictate where he wants to go. Tell the Blackhawks, that's the only place I want to go. I mean, then the two GMs should be able to hammer something out, especially with teams taking on a third team to eat some of that money, you know, like you throw them a draft pick or whatever. Uh, but I would say say it's sort of like uh, Taylor Hall a couple of years ago when he had uh, total control, wanted to go to Boston, and you know told Buffalo that's the only place I'm really willing to go, and they made it happen. So uh, you know if the Rangers and Blackhawks want to make a trade happen, they will because if that's the only place he's willing to go to, then they're crazy not to come to a deal. You know, it's so funny talking about like where guys will go. Given you know, I want to ask you about Brad Marchand and seeing. You know, some of his comments on Twitter lately, joking about guys not wanting to go certain places at the All-Star game. He was like, if it's in Edmonton, Seattle, whatever, like we'd boycott it. Like, Marshawn must have, like, uh, a special place in the heart of Bruins fans. Because this guy's not just, you know, an excellent player, guy who's got heart trophy votes, but he's also got a bit of that Boston swagger to him. I mean, this guy's going to be a Bruin for life one way or the other, no? Oh, man, I, ho- I hope so. I mean, I, I think after how many guys we've seen switch uniforms late in their career, it's tough to say that. But, yeah, uh, I think he's he's hopefully going to finish his career ahead. His personality is great for the, the game. I think he's actually starting to win people, fans of other teams, oh, which is pretty unbelievable when you consider who it is. Uh, but, yeah, the Twitter stuff, the Instagram stuff, uh, it's the type of personality that, you know, the league could use a lot more of. I mean, there's not too many Marshans out there, but – yeah, he, he's he's a was a, a poop star again. You know, on the ice or off, he likes to he likes to play around. That's for sure. Marchand, Bergeron, Lindholm last year, Orlov this year. Great goaltending. Like, like the, the Bruin fans have already like planned the parade, have they not? Like, you can't envision what a disappointment it would be if the Bruins lost. Best, you know, lessons. It's, 2019, not too far away. I mean, I'm an older Bruins fan, so I know, you know, I know how close it can get and not happen. But, uh, you know, I think our younger fans are a little cocky given the 20 year run we had. But, yeah, I think I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm caught optimistic, but uh, it's the playoffs, man. It's the NHL playoffs. You got to win games happen. and, you know, anything can happen. I mean, every year we say that and there always seems to be a big upset. But, 
you, you know, they just they got to go out and do it. Like again, to go back to Marshawn's quote, the records mean nothing. It's all about when uh, when the Stanley Cup. That's all people care about. No one says, oh, we're the most points, we're the most wins. It, it's all about the cup and. Yeah, man, I'm optimistic, but uh, certainly not cocky. We're all looking forward to it, uh, Rear Admiral. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on, R.A. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Kip. Have a great weekend, guys. Okay, you too. There you go. You got your proper Boston yeah. guy on the... Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. He knows his stuff, too. He's been watching this team for a long time, writes a blog you on do, him. You do have a sense that, like... They know. It's so perfect... It's so and perfect. Never like, works in hockey, does it? <laughs> the best laid how plans. Can you go from beginning to end yeah. on this run? All you can do is be as solid as possible when the damage starts, because it's a gauntlet to get through the postseason. Like, what is their worst stretch? They had three. They lost three in a row. Did they? I think they did. They did, did right they? before they came and beat the Leafs. Right before uh, the playoffs. No. Or I'm, I'm sorry, the All Star break. Yeah, when they came and beat the Leafs yeah. on yes. that Wednesday night, that was to end the three game losing streak. Is that enough adversity to uh, <laughs> learn uh, for your playoff run? I don't. Or do they need one more uh, bad stretch to core really of that feel, team's been really through feel it good, bad, and otherwise? <laughs> I don't think they need any sort of education. Do they need one more bad stretch to really feel good about their chances? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. They have ninety-three points in fifty-seven games. Yeah, they're good. They just added Orlov. So, listen, I hope to everything holy. That we are talking about the Leafs having to deal with them. Absolutely because that means true. that means that the Leafs won a first round series. Or right? they fell dramatically into the wild card spot. <laughs> or that. <laughs> or that. Which uh yeah, not gonna happen. Not happening. Okay, are we ready for fake trade Friday? Uh, oh no, one more. Just one more before we go into that and uh, some text and all of that. Um and I just want to follow up a little yep. bit on the conversation because I want to get your thoughts, uh JB, on again. The Baruby thing, mm-hmm. and not necessarily. I know we went through already with, with the comments from Thomas, but just is this a, is this just the old school guys taking one last shot of, of kind of rocking the boat? Because Tortorella comes to mind, and uh, Sutter comes to mind, where they, they're just they're not too scared to just call guys out. You and know, yeah. Is, is that? Is that the trend now that you got to be completely honest? Everything's around around social media is or podcasts is just this being authentic. This is as authentic as coaches can get. Can, yeah. is it not? But it's tough because it's a sensitive generation, right? Kyrou and Thomas are not O'Reilly, you know, not his age with a dad who's a mental health and a mental strength coach. Um, you know, it's a little different with those guys. So I do think you have to be more careful. However, I think with anyone, when you try to get a message through to them enough and they don't respond, you have to use increasingly loud tactics to get their attention. And, I, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that Baruby didn't have this one game. He didn't like it. And he came out and said that. He probably said it to them in November and he said it to them in January and he said it to them in February and he's just had enough. And he feels like those guys are going to cost the team playoffs and cost him his job. And eventually this is just the loudest way to say what needs to be said. Sammy, you with me here? I, so I listened to that press conference and what he said was actually at the end of the press conference. And he was asked all these questions. He was on the press conference for probably about two minutes and 30 seconds and he was given like 
the, the, the reporters are basically like, your team's pretty bad. Like, they're not. And he's like, yep, yep, yep. And he was kind of short, kind of so short. trying not to say and too then, much. And then towards the end of it, he finally got one. He's like, look. And yeah. he said what he said, and then he got up and left. Okay. So he was incredibly, you could tell he's pissed off. They kept asking him over and over and over yeah. and over. I don't like that as and much. He, that means it's finally, not calculated. And he finally <laughs> was like, I'm saying it. Yeah. So I thought I would add that for context. One last follow-up on this for you, Sammy, representing Leaf Nation. If that was oh Sheldon God. or <laughs> another coach saying that in this market, oh how would you and your Leaf Nation respond? I don't want to put myself in the shoes of the St. Louis Blues right now who are at the downturn of their uh, of their time, so it's a hard one to kind of look at. <laughs> you know, like it's the Leafs are at the peak of them trying to compete, but if I, it's a hard one to put yourself in because I think it's a complicated relationship with uh, the way the Blues are, right? If you're a fan of that team, you, it's very similar almost to the Raptors. Like you had just won a championship in the same year that yeah, the Raptors did. Yeah. You are as a scrappy team that yeah. kind of was unexpected. And then they did the opposite of what the Raptors did at this deadline. They traded their guys, yeah. right? So you're just kind of in that afterglow still sort of where you're supposed to be kind of appreciating the fact that you still won a championship but you're kind of not. Yeah. You know, like people are like, "Oh, you got a championship, but you're also like, yeah, but I'd like to win this year." kind of thing. So, I think it's a complicated one. You'd probably be happy that the coach said that because you just want a ch- you want a chunk of meat. You're yeah, pissed off that your team sucks and you want the the coach to say it something. It would be coaches lost the room. Who are the guys going to ask for a trade to? Is a coach going to get fired now that the guys aren't, you know, they got the long-term contract. Get rid of that guy. Yeah, like it would it would be speak to now what? You know, now there's a rift in the room between the, the highest paid guys and the coach and it would have had uh a similar Effective when when they lose in the first round the last few years. Remember all those comments and the what's wrong with them and I can't boys I can't do that again. It, it went. I mean, it was pretty strong when they when they lost last spring, right? From who? From Leaf Nation. Yeah, it was really like it, it, there were there were people that said they 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 couldn't believe Kyle Dubas came back, right? I mean that yeah. that. Th- that, is it that crazy passion. to say I thought it was worse two years ago oh, with Montreal? Gonna, thank you. I was what I was going to jump in. The, really? vitri- the vitriol when they blew it with, against Montreal. Was way worse for Kyle than last season's? Ten times worse. Oh, okay. Like, maybe not for Kyle. I, I guess I think... Everyone wanted everyone's head. Trade the stars. Yes. Trade the guys who didn't produce. Trade that's the, you still know, the, the coach. That's still by far the hardest one to swallow. Marner for Jack Eichel. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that specifically. But, oh, yeah. That yeah. was a heavy one here. Yeah, and, well, uh, I'm going to be shooting Leaf McGavin talk. here. Yeah, how many points I will have? 40? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I was just... What, he finished? Dead last? <laughs> yeah. That's... All right. Uh, speaking of the Lightning, they're chasing the Leafs. Gave up a point to the Sabres. Labushkin with the winner. Labush! My boy. Oh, I miss him here. Could they get him back? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. I got multiple DMs. From people being like, are you going to crap all over Vasilevsky because he gave up six? It's like, yeah, we're going to, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's definitely what we're going to do. Guy that, you know, like has won multiple cups and has been clutch in every big game ever. It's like, yeah, he has a bad regular season game. We're going to crap all over him. They give him a con smite that he didn't win yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They need to shop for a goalie. That was a wild game. 
Big Trade Friday. Tune uh, in, people. Can we just talk about Tage first? Nope. Oh, my God. He's did good, you, right? Did you see the I'm doing goal? a feature on him for the did television. Did you happen to see the goal he scored, one of the goals he scored on Vasilevsky? I, last he, night I didn't. Yeah, okay. So he comes in and big shoulder drop, cuts it, backhand, five-hole, like straight through the five-hole feathery. Cuts it is on like all of his goals. But like just the way he drops the shoulder, yeah. he bites so hard. And he's got Vasilevsky like, you know when the goalie's kind of looks like he's dancing because mm-hmm. he's so lost? He twisted the best goalie on earth into a pretzel. That's so nice. I just wanted to give Tage a shout out because well, I love Tage. And he had a hat. Go, go look at the record when he scores and when he doesn't score. And the difference yeah. amongst O'Reilly and Tavares and, and Marner was that he didn't score. They don't win when he doesn't score. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tage. Yeah. Against the Leafs. I'm talking about Toronto Buffalo. Okay, yeah. Right? It's like Kaprizov they were talking about before. It's like he has to score for has them. Has to score. There's that, certain guys that have to score. And uh, yeah. for the most part, it's 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 around Marner. Marner needs points for the Leafs as well, but it's a much more balanced attack with three or four stars yeah. up front. But Tage Thompson, if he... He's not putting the puck in the net. They, there's most most often they lose. They're dying. They're, I mean, they're exciting though. They take chances. They play a really open brand. They play a brand that you think would get killed in playoffs, but yes. they're sure fun to watch. Did you see the? Oh, you didn't see anything. The overtime. Uh, there was a bang bang play where a good Canadian boy, Steven Stamkos, took a dive in overtime to try to draw a penalty, and that's what set up the Labushkin overtime win. Really? Yeah. Took a little dive. Oh, he doesn't dive. He dove. I'm sorry, Kippy, he dove. I would, I'd hate to say it because I love him. He's a good Canadian boy. The guy's gone to another level. you got to watch the highlight. He dove. Okay. <laughs> Are we done? Yes, Can fake I... trade Friday. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Get every, everyone ready on Sportsnet. Get ready to clip trade. this. Trade. Is that, was that what we're calling it? Yeah. Because the, this is the last run. one so far. 100,000 people watched it last time, so... All right, fake trade Friday. Um, we're trading. The Toronto Maple Leafs are trading for Jacob Chikrin. Okay, you, hold on. As you know, Chikrin Why? has four four point six million dollar contract till twenty twenty five. Number one D man. And lot you of want things. someone on a power play? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want someone who can play twenty five minutes and run my power play. Okay. Now, do you know like the the ask was uh, two first rounders and a prospect? I think three pieces. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll see if this does it for you. Um, Here's the thing. With Chikrin, I want Brown as well to play on my third pair to block shots and hit guys. Okay. Okay. And then we're going to get a third back from Arizona as well. So it's Chikrin, Brown, and a third. And going the other way is Matthew Nyes, Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Lilligren, and a first in 2025. Matthew Nyes, uh, Sandin, and Lilligren? Yep. A first in 2025. That's the big version of the trade. There is a smaller downsized no, it's, one. It's too much. You're giving up too much. You're giving up too much yes. there. Yeah, you are. Nyes, a first yeah. three, a couple of years from now, and two D-men. Boy. Yeah, I is... think you're giving up too much. I'm hanging up the phone, Kyle Dubas. You got two D coming back. You got Chikrin and Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brown's a monster, by the way. He's 6'5", 220. Yeah. And he blocks shots and hits. Yeah. And Chikrin's going to be here for three years on a cheap, cheap deal. Like Hagel, you got to pay for that deal. And you get a third back, yeah. too, in my deal. It's not my deal, actually. It's a guy I've been texting with, and I don't have his permission, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, then, all right. Hold on. Maybe a third, a first for, and a for third. For simplicity's sake of everyone listening, then, can we do yeah. Lilligren, Nyes, and a first in 2025 for Chikrin? 
That's Lilligren, Nyes, and a first in 2025 yeah. for Chikrin. I, I, if my choice is this or nothing at all, I, I have to go with you. You would do it? Yeah, I would do it. So what I said to him was, first, I'd want to know if they would take Sandine over Lilligren. Yes, that is the a twenty twenty five appeals to me. You know, pushing that off so you can still have your twenty twenty four first. You know, Lilligren's really like we've talked about this, but Lilligren's like playing at the end of games. For the he's least. a player. He's, he's, they, like, he's, he's kind he, of in, too important to them right he now. He's on the second PK pair as well. Yeah, you know, like, like he plays with Geo. Yeah. I, I, I'm starting to hear doing it. some things like they don't want players back they they don't want to take on now they both got one year left right at one four both of those guys they do but i they're in a bit of a financial crunch and i don't know how bad it is some are suggesting to me it's worse than arizona is. yeah arizona wow (laughs) and who could have seen that coming i mean every they, Nine months. I, I don't know if they'll they'll want Lilligren okay. or Sandine. They just may want. Okay, here's knives in a first. Two, Give us Chikrin. Uh, yeah, knives and knives in a first, and knives in a first and a third. Yeah, I, I think could could get it done. Yeah, really. But I don't know. I don't know where they would be on uh, on the cap. I yeah. don't know if it'll work. No way to work. Feels and like what's Brown just... at? I don't know. Yeah. You got to jump through hoops now with the, your salary you do. cap. Yeah, they would have to figure something out. You know, because there's no salary cap in playoffs, you wonder if they cut the roster down to 20 guys on the way in. to well, just. I found it so interesting to hear that the Rangers may have to play with a shorthanded just to, to, to slide in Pat Kane. I'm like, yeah. come on. It's the NHL. Can't be undermanned. No. Josh yeah. Brown makes uh, 1.275 yeah. this year and next. I'm sorry, Bonnie, too much. How about Sandine, Nyes, and a first in 2026? <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All I, right. Try to make listen, chicken I, work I, for I, us, guys. I've but... declared that uh, the chips are the, in, in the middle of the room so yeah. or in the middle of the table. So if... If the, my only option out there is is Chikrin and, and giving up Nyes, I would I would take my chance. Love it, love it. Mm-hmm. I'm I, telling I, you, you gotta you you. The alternative of of losing in the first round on a rental on Ryan O'Reilly, like you you think you're going to resign Ryan O'Reilly losing in the first round? No, but if you win, do you think you if you win a round or two? Well. There's already some people talking about what would Ryan O'Reilly get out of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, wh- wh- what would you sign him for? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's a double-edged sword. Like, the answer is you probably don't sign him at all if you don't get out of the first round. But if you do get out of the first round and he's incredibly valuable, where do you think you're going to sign him for four or four and a half million dollars? Yeah, he plays great, and all of a sudden it's like he's playing he's a great. Seven million dollar center at least. No, he's made a strong argument that he's still as good as he's ever been as a two hundred foot centerman, and that price is six six and a half million. Yeah, and he what? says I want thirty million well, for four or five years. We got a question about this from Leafs Truth on Twitter. What would a realistic Ryan O'Reilly contract extension look like? 
don't think you can go he, more he than suge- four years. He suggested six years, six million times three years, or four and a half times five years. You know what's interesting is like what's what was Kadri's age at, when he signed this summer? I think a year younger. So Kadri was thirty-one, and O'Reilly's thirty-two. Do I have that yeah. about right? Yeah. So he just went seven by seven. <laughs> oh, listen, I don't think that uh, no one's given again, O'Reilly seven years, if, but but. What are we watching here? Did he just knock? Did he help you knock out Tampa Bay in the first round? But this is the difference for you between being worth forty nine million right. or four million a year. Did he go toe to toe with Braden Point? Yeah. Did he go toe to toe with Anthony Sorelli, uh, Stephen Stamkos? Did he rise? Did he? One thing do it, is everything that Leaf fans had at hope. Yeah. Then. Why isn't somebody going out there and, and giving them thirty five or forty million dollars over? Five years, six years. Young team like one of those Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa team that says, hey, we could use some veteran leadership. We're about to turn the corner. We need, you know, solidify second line center. I see it. Yeah. But, you know, the the one thing is you can't play good here and sneak by. You know, like if he plays good, his value is going to get blown up. And that's... That's the dilemma for the Leafs. But then then again, Giordano played really well, and he just decided to play for less because he wanted to be here. But he, What's it matter to O'Reilly? Listen, we don't he, know what his priorities are. There, there was just, no market for Mark Giordano. There was no market for him. Okay, maybe he could yeah, go yeah, somewhere yeah. and get a million and a half. We're not talking. It's apples to oranges here. Yeah. Giordano had nowhere to go. Seattle, they said that he couldn't play 5-6 on our team. It's not even close. Well, if that's the case, he's, they're terrible at scouting. Uh, Mark Giordano was really Spezza at the end. Ah. I, I'll pay I'll pay to play. In fairness, Spezza at the end was a wonderful contributor in the Leafs at 750. I mean, he was a great player for them. He, he led their team in playoff scoring the last but he was he, Nobody else wanted him. Nobody else was going to pay him a million and a half. All right, we're derailing if we're just going to right. you know, dump on Giordano. He's been we're a one, wonderful on player him. for I'm not dumping here, on him. Yeah. I'm telling you where the market was for him. Yeah. And it's not, it's not even close to Ryan O'Reilly. No, I understand that. I totally all, get that. I'm yeah. not dumping on him, and he's been awesome, and he's done more than you could ever ask. Yeah. But that's not Ryan O'Reilly. No, he's in a different boat. July. For sure. Okay. Are we on to questions? Yeah. Or? yeah. Yes. Um, did we ever, did we have uh, Thomas responding to Brubay? We're past that. Let's yeah, we're past, past it. I, but the only, the interesting thing I found out from that is that Robert Thomas does a weekly hit on ESPN radio in, in, uh, in St. Louis. I think they pay him. I think they give him like a couple hundred bucks to come yeah, on. A little beer money. He's <laughs> making 8.5 mil. Uh, and they're I don't getting... have anything. If, if I was St. Louis, Doug Armstrong, Craig Brew, I'd have no problem with it. Robert Thomas standing up for himself. And no, you'd, no, but you'd want him to say exactly and, that. And, and what a great message yeah. to all my season ticket holders. Of course right? I care. Players saying we care and that's not the case. And Craig probably let his emotions get the best of him. And that happens sometimes. And let's all move on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I got, I got like, a, Tom Brady did a weekly hit in Boston when he was with, with the Patriots. Carries right? a little bit more weight, I'd say. Yeah, carries a bit more weight. My my point is, what's it cost us to get Matthews for a weekly hit? Oh my what's, what's his weekly rate? Do you think uh, we got to get some Balenciaga jackets to pay him? A, <laughs> pay him in jackets. Pay him in Gucci toques. <laughs> Gucci toques is all I get. No other apparel, just toques. Uh, it's gonna be like two grand a week. Yeah. Um. What else do we got here? You guys ready for some questions? 
I think uh, we're ready. Like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I was going to call you the D word on the radio. But it's, <laughs> it's Friday. I don't, know, I don't think I could say that. I might get a text from Fabs. All right, this is a DM I got. You know, question for today's show. What's the cost for a significant D now that the Bruins made their moves with the Caps and uh, this person included a barf face emoji, which I agree with. What would you give in the current lineup for someone significant? What can the Leafs get? Uh, what? Sorry, what can the Leafs get someone like Shen for? That's from Mark Dumel. Shen, I heard right now that the price is a second rounder, but they'll settle for a third rounder at the deadline. Really? I would be surprised if someone didn't snap him up for a second. Like David Savard went for two seconds just two years ago. That's you think of Edmondson, Sherratt. There are uh, there there's teams out there that says he's five six seven at best. So I, would agree I don't with that. I don't I don't I'm not giving up a second rounder. Yeah, for a guy that a if, rental if to play on a contending minutes. team, he could be a healthy scratch. Yeah, and you know what? It's possible in Toronto. Like it, it's not impossible to see him come in and just be like, ah, he can't keep up or whatever. Like yeah. it's. So, yeah, I could say second, third. But if I'm the Leafs and it's deadline day and no one's got him and a third is doing it, yeah, I'm doing it. I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, what we got here? This we, we just got this one. Not a question, but we keep talking about Arizona taking on salary. But they just traded for Shea Weber. Could they not package him with Chikrin to the Leafs for LTIR space? There's only so much. Sounds you, good. You, that's something I, you can yeah, do. Yeah, I don't know. But you're you right, know? Kip. You can only go so far yeah. into LD, LTIR. Yes. Yeah. I think it's like 10 or 11 million or something. And so I, I wouldn't. You would need Brandon Pridham in here or David Cap Friendly, yeah, which I assume I'm is not, his last David uh, Cap Friendly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't go that deep. I'm not that. Uh, Sorry that to put well, you guys on the spot with the. Well, it's, the it's a great well question. On, uh, and on, on what's allocated and where's the max and. This is what kills me when we talk about a lot of these trades and, and we go, well, they'd have to move some money around to, you know, get that guy in. It's like, okay, well, someone does that. You know, like they, they would have to do that. I, it's yeah. impossible for us to go, well, you know, he's a 10 free agent, 10 point BC three, you know, yeah. so I don't know. Some of them are and, tough. You know, when we had Bill Guerin on and I threw out the figure of $100,000 for a, a fourth rounder and it ended up being like 72,000. Yeah. I'm like, doesn't seem like that much. Cheap. Oh right? my god, the Leafs would be dying if they could buy picks for seventy grand. Oh my god, they'd buy. <laughs> they'd have every pick. Wonder what a first round pick. There were. is. Uh, there is a part of me. If I was an owner and a general manager asked me that, and uh, you know, can I buy I wanna, a pick? I want to buy grand? a fourth round pick for uh, eighty. You know, seventy five, eighty grand. It's like I'd be like. No, I'm going to go with the BMW. (laughs) (laughs) Driving Um, away in your Tesla Cybertruck. I think I'm going to pass. (laughs) You know what? I've seen your fourth rounders. (laughs) I'm going to buy a car. That's right. Let me just check your history. Yeah, 10 years of drafting, uh, never hit on a fourth. I'm not not buying a 16-year-old in the dub right now. I'm going (laughs) to buy a Mercedes. (laughs) Um, I got a couple, a quick one here. This one's from Ross uh, D. Nicola. You should do an over-under on drop calls for the week. What would you set the line at to be four or five and a half? Four and a half is a good number. Four and a half. So we'll set that for next week. And are we going to take the over or the under? I'm going hard under. I'm taking the under, too. I think we've been under that 90% of the time. Maybe we set the line too high. Okay, we'll set it at three and a half. You have yet to disappoint me. I'm going over. Ah! (laughs) 
Over By the way, we got buried for our Tiger Wood pick. Tiger Woods oh, picks yeah, from yeah. Uh, yeah. a PGA guy. Well, I got a DM from a PGA you, tour guy. You be getting DMs, huh? Yeah, I get a lot of DMs. I got to open DMs and people just feel that I guess I'm the most accessible of the three on the show. And they just, I get hammered. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is from, uh, I read his question actually, but I was going to, Mike Dumal, he's a, I think that's how he pronounced his name. He's a swing coach, does a lot of golf stuff. He said, I'm a performance coach and consultant on the PGA Tour and a coach golf for a living. And I wanted to send over a hot tip. If you want free golf products from companies, stop having brutal takes on what Tiger will shoot and be way off. <laughs> Send me this stuff. I had the under. Have. Yeah, and he shot a 69. I had the under. Send it to me. Uh, last one, because I uh, think, is Tanner Janot on the Leafs' radar? And that's from Toronto Sports Narratives. He's on everyone's radar. Do you know what I mean? not going to give him up. No. No and he's not even, he's, he's not Hathaway or Achari where they're going to need a new contract. He's, he's an RFA, if I'm not mistaken. He's so, also a borderline you, star. You he scored 25 times and led the NHL in fighting in the same you, season. You don't give that guy up. Yeah. He is unbelievable. He's yeah. a value guy. I know he's struggling this year badly in terms of offensive production, but the Preds are no good. We actually, I did a show with uh, Luke Gazdick who basically was saying that maybe he needs to fight less. Like if you're fighting a dozen times a year and you can score 25 times in the league. That's pretty cool. You know, maybe shift your focus though to the stop punching big men part of it. Yeah. That's he's going into Tom Wilson territory. Yeah. Um, And, And he fights guys like that. One more quick one because it's from Owen Sound. Who is better, Justin Hall or Luke Shen? Well, you you would prefer to have Luke Shen in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Owen Sound, we don't have time to that's answer. Greg, that, that's <laughs> Greg. That's Greg. It's Greg from the Sound. Don't take <laughs> Owen Sound questions. Oh, I had to sneak we get it in. enough Owen Sound input per show. I th- uh, I think I bring down the question the, again. Uh, Hall or Shen? Justin Hall or Luke Shen? Game one playoffs for the Leafs. Who's in? Oh gosh, I'll, I'll take. I'll try Luke Shen first. Yeah, I. I I don't, I don't even like my answer, but I just... I know I it's it's, se- it's sexy amongst Leafs Nation to hate on Justin Hall, but I, I probably would take Hall. I mean, I probably would too, but I, I do think they need I'd like, edge. I'd like, I'd like that physical element to try. Yeah. Just to, just to mix it up a little bit here yeah. and there. You remember Labushkin in that first playoff series? And I know he wasn't perfect. He made mistakes. He shouldn't have been playing on the top pair, but he ran some guys. Oh, I yeah. mean, he caused some real... Like, get your head up through the neutral zone situations for the opposition. He hasn't been great in Buffalo this year, though, I don't think. Look into that. Look at some numbies. Well, they're giving up a lot of goals. I mean, how good can he be? Fair. Right? All right, we're good? Yeah, thoughts on tonight? Minnesota Wild. Sam and Justin are doing the Leafs Talk postgame show tonight. We are. I think uh, Austin should be good for a couple of goals tonight, coming off of a very quiet uh, game. Earlier this week. Wild on a back-to-back with travel. They don't score much as is. Leafs with the best line in the league. Yeah. You know. Tough not to see the Leaf for victory tonight. It'll be fun. Rare Friday night. No Saturday. No Saturday. Friday, Sunday. Not for me. They're going back to a a hockey night to Ottawa in Montreal. No, they're not. Yeah, they are, I think. Well, that's what choice do you have? Signature game. You can't put Leafs on every Saturday night. Uh, It's got date night written all over (laughs) it. <laughs> I'm going skiing on on Saturday. Are you? I am. Also, Blue Mountain. Uh, yes. Our uh, our thanks to Mike Russo, Doug McLean, Rear Admiral. Uh, <laughs> Who? Rear Admiral. Rear Admiral. <laughs> 
Admiral. <laughs> Thank you. There we go, Kippy. Uh, All right. David Sisboomba is playing my uh, next reward app. He's closing in on a $10 gift certificate. I don't like it. I don't want to give it to him. Um, but I might have to. All right. Derek Brandale, thanks for a great week. Sammy McKee. JB, big plans? Uh, work, 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 buddy. All right. There you go. Are you on tonight? I am, yeah. Okay. Your job tonight is to drop the real Kipper and Bourne somewhere in the show. You got it, buddy. It'll okay. be in. It'll be in. All right. And thanks to all of you sticking around dealing with us all week have a safe weekend give us a rating and review if you got time and we'll see you on monday